my name is Todd Bubbles, and welcome back to the third Sunday after the Epiphany for the week of January 21st, 2024, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to in this week's podcast, and I am excited just being back here and continuing to do the podcast week after week. I will say, being on the back end, we have had a great start to 2024, and I'm really excited about that. And as we've kind of talked about a little bit, I really hope that you're sharing this and using this as a way to continue to deepen your faith in 2024. I think it's something that's really important for us to be thinking about and contemplating. And I see January as a month where you are figuring out what you're going to try to accomplish for 2024. And I think faith is a great place to be saying, yeah, I want to do some work there. And I think this is a simple and easy place to start. And I would really encourage that and growing in that. And I think it's something that the more interactions that we all have together with this, the more that we're commenting and talking about this stuff, the better it is and the deeper that we can all go. And I think it plays really well into the question that we had last week, which was where this year are you going to wonder and where this year are you going to come and see? And I got some really great responses this week. And one of them talking about one of the final frontiers for them is understanding the mind of people. And I think in regards to that, it's something that there is so much that we still don't understand of how our brain works. And I think that's a fascinating thing in and of itself. And I think there's a lot of fascinating research that is going on into trying to understand that deeper. And I think there is more as we're understanding more and more of how the mind works. I think it will really open up a little bit more of how our inward most part is developed. And I think get us to have this deeper connection with God. But also the one in which... This person said, we're going to come and see. I think it's a great one for all of us to remember. And that's other people, but specifically children. I think there is something that we lose as we get older, for whatever reason. The simplicity of life that a child has and the way that they see the world, I think does give us a glimpse of God in a way that many of us otherwise forget or don't associate with enough. And I think there is a great beauty to that. And I think it's something that is extremely valuable. And I think it's something that as a world community, I think it's something that we can all be working on investing in more because I think it's one of those things that returns huge benefits, not only for the child, but also for the person teaching. So let's just jump into it this week. The Old Testament text This week is out of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5 and verse 10. We're kind of dropping into the middle of this four-chapter book, and we have Jonah has already been called. Jonah has rejected the call, gone in the opposite direction, has been cast overboard, eaten by a large fish. And this is now the second time that God is calling Jonah and telling him to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is seen as a city that is very much against the tribe of Israel. He goes and proclaims this message, stating, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. The people hear this message, their hearts soften, receive the message, and repent. God sees this and decides to change his mind instead of overthrowing the city. 
And that leads into a whole nother thing where Jonah gets into with chapter four, where Jonah gets upset. But it's this aspect of how God calls when actions happen. Sometimes the action isn't immediate, but in this case, it was something where God's seeing the progress that is being made and a reversal happens and action happens based off of the news that they were getting. They were getting hard news. They repent and show their repentance in their actions. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 62, verses 5 to 12. And this is this recognition of how we wait and look for God. This recognition of the salvation and fortress of who God is, the mighty rock on which we build upon the trust in him, comes from putting our refuge in God and recognizing in that that God is something much greater than what we necessarily typically will understand, especially in our modern thought process. It's not necessarily putting our thoughts and hopes and dreams into something like riches or things that will pass away. We're putting our hope and trust and faith into something that is much deeper than that, something that shows love that is this penetrating force that changes everything at a level that we have a hard time fully comprehending. And out of that love, all these other blessings come, not necessarily us putting our confidence in these things that pass away. The New Testament text or epistle text this week is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 29 to 31. This is a moment here where Paul is trying to get the people to understand that they have moved into a new generation then of what has happened. With Christ coming back and Christ promising the return, what Paul is signaling here that life is short in the aspect of the time of when God's return is short. And we don't still know when that's going to be, but this idea of this shift of how we aren't necessarily looking at each other as individuals or wife-husband type of relationships or that we're going through this morning. We are moving into this thing of relationship with God and that trumps all these other things, whether it be for mourning or for rejoicing or for possessions, that we are putting God first and prioritizing that in what we are doing. The Gospel text this week continues in Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 14, going to verse 20. So this then is John is arrested and for this good news, and then this becomes the beginnings of Jesus calling his disciples. Remember, we've talked about this a little bit. Mark is very cut and dry. Mark is very much, here's what happened type of gospel. And so here we have Jesus is passing by the Sea of Galilee by verse 16. See Simon and Andrew casting nets as they are fishermen. And Jesus says, follow me for I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. They're a little bit further. They see James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who are mending nets. And immediately when they're called, they'll leave their father and the hired men and follow Jesus. So this immediacy that we get, but also this idea that you can almost see that there has to be some type of relationship that has already happened because of just how these interactions are, you would assume that there has been some discussions, some interactions before to fully grasp what is going on. 
So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plugs for Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their sermon brainwaves, podcasts, or commentaries, the discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction, give me different ideas, even just see what different texts have been as they have a great back catalog going through and talking about these texts throughout time. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the revised common lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really enjoy how they lay out the text week to week, but also having the liturgical art is such a great resource, along with prayers, hymns, liturgical colors, prayers. If you haven't checked this resource out, again, as we've talked about, it's so important to prepare for worship. Then when you're hearing those texts, it's a second or third time instead of a first time, and there's so much more that you can pull out of it. So I'd highly recommend checking out that resource if you haven't checked that out already. Finally, I'd also highly recommend checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Green Blades Rising Publications. Let's put this this way. If you enjoy listening to me talk about, from a scientific perspective, looking at these texts week to week, you are really going to enjoy these either weekly reflections or monthly newsletters. What happens, you have these commentaries that come out weekly that are able to take these texts and look at it from another person's perspective, looking at it from a more of an ecological lens. If you're wanting more of a summary of different things and along with some different ecological tips and different things, I'd highly recommend checking out the Rising publications. It's a great resource. Both of these are amazing. They'll be the first link in the show notes down below in the references section. I'd highly recommend looking back at these. I wrote for one of them last year. It was a lot of fun. It's a great partnership we have over there. I'd highly recommend checking it out. When I was looking and thinking about these texts, the thing that kind of jumps out at me is the idea of change and immediate, immediate change. We look at Nineveh and how Jonah was going to Nineveh, and all of a sudden we see this changing of heart and how they then are able to, in this case, change God's mind, but seeing the repentance that the people have. We look at it from the aspect of how we in the psalm can get wrapped up in all these things, but realize that our confidence in everything that we are able to do is from God. And it's through this love by this relationship that we have been able to build, this trust that is able to happen, that in doing that, it makes things like immediately doing something so much easier. It's much easier a lot of times for us to be able to help the person that we have built relationship with to immediately drop what we are doing to help them compared to, unfortunately, the person that maybe we don't have as much knowledge of. Still varying circumstance to circumstance, but overall that seems to be the case. The First Corinthians text getting into this idea that we're having this change, that we are becoming this new person, that the present world is changing underneath our feet as we are recognizing the call of who God is calling us to be. And then we hear this familiar story of Jesus calling his disciples by the Sea of Galilee and that they immediately drop their nets. The idea that relationship has happened almost seems like it had to just not make Mark's cut because how would they just immediately know that this is what they're supposed to do? Immediate. In a world that is becoming more instantaneous, 
where do we see immediate? And I think one of the ways that we can see it is ourselves. And what I mean by ourselves is let's get below the surface. Let's look at how our body defends us, how God has designed this amazing body to help take care of the spirit that God has put within us. Because there are parts of this process that are quite immediate. And I think it shows this relationship that happens and how through that relationship, when the dependence comes, when these times come, when we need these additional things, that God has built it into us to take care of that. So let's go over this. But before we get really deep into this, realize I will attach a lot of show notes down below. And there are people who study their whole lives studying this stuff. I am trying to condense this down into a half an hour podcast And I'm going to try doing it at a level that most people can hopefully grasp and understand. So realize that this is at a very surface level. I am not a professional in this. I've been doing some research on this. So take that with a grain of salt. But I will also say I think this is a great starting spot for us understanding how this all works. Our first line of defense in a lot of ways is our skin and mucous membranes that we have throughout our whole body. I know for me, there's a lot of times where I could take better care of my skin to make it more durable. It's hence why when you have like a leather good, you put conditioners and different things on those to help keep it pliable, just like our skin. But it's also for us as living, breathing creatures, this is our first line of defense. We also have mucous membranes throughout our noses and mouths to be able to, if we encounter a bacterial or a virus, that it gives our body a chance to start that process of trying to take care of the situation before it really becomes something. But let's say, for instance, that there is some type of cut and we have some type of entry and we're going to take in this example today, more of a bacterial approach on how the body is going to handle this. And the bacteria comes in within minutes is multiplying and trying to change the localized environment to be able to support them better to be able to put on this attack. At the same time, the body is sending out alarm signals that stuff needs to happen and the microphages come in. The microphages are guard cells. They're large cells. They devour and have enzymes to help break things down. And in doing this, while they're breaking things down, this is when the body will kind of have some additional inflammation, water rushing to the area to make it easier for these microphages to devour these cells. Along with that, there'll be messenger proteins also going out to neutrophils, which leave the bloodstream and they're suicide killers. They go in and they will attack everything. And this is both a positive and a negative. They have a built-in system that they don't last longer than five days because they could do so much damage to the body. And they will kill live cells, dead cells, bacterial cells, whatever is there. They are kind of this idea of destroy the whole area because this then can help us win the battle. And if this is still an issue, if the body is still fighting and still after five days is needing help, 
this is where the dendritic cells come in. Dendritic cells have kind of been around and they have been collecting samples the whole time. They've been collecting sections of the bacterias that are being broken up and then they decide if they're going to go more to the antivirus or bacterial side but they are going to go as we talked about for more of the bacterial into the lymph node system to reach out to t-cells now t-cells go through this major long process that only about a fourth of the t-cells that start the program end the program as a t-cell and they look for this helper T-cell that has the right key to be able to help with this bacterial infection. When they find the right helper T-cell, they duplicate rapidly. When this happens, there is three different jobs that they are trying to do. Some are going to stay as memory T-cells so that if this is an continued infection later on, that the body is a faster at responding and is able to knock it out and maybe that you don't even notice. The second thing that will happen is that they're going to send a lot of these T-cells in to attack the bacteria. And one of the big things that the T-cells do is they encourage these microphages to keep going. The microphages are tired. They want to slow down, but there is something with the T-cells being there, encouraging them to keep going, encouraging them to, this will end at some point. We can do this. We can accomplish this. And that's what they do. The final thing that they will do is they will also go to B cells. Now, B cells, think of them as like this attack repertoire with major weapons. And they come in and will work with the T cells to, again, send out what we would know as antibodies to attack this bacterial. And again, the T cells are also working with the B cells to encourage them. And along with them, also, the B cells will also develop memory cells to, again, help with attacks later on down the road. We think about there is a lot of things that our body will naturally do, like fevers and swelling and all these different aspects to help us in attacking a bug, attacking something that is hurting our body. In the immediacy of what the body is doing and how fast our body goes in to try to deal with these invaders and a lot of times is able to even call off the troops that, yep, we got this taken care of, but have these built-in systems that if things continue to go, we have more and more and more repertoire to be able to throw at this is so important. We think about those microphages getting the chemical signals initially, along with the neutrophils getting those initial signals, those chemical signals saying there is an attack on the body, we need help, and they immediately come to the scene. They immediately, the neutrophils leaving the bloodstream to go and attack where we need to. Neutrophils, their byproduct is the pus that a lot of times we see when we're fighting an infection, that's one of the byproducts of neutrophils. The immediacy of what we know that our body needs to do to be able to keep us running and keeping us safe is amazing. And when we think about this and we hear how Jesus is talking to these brothers and say, come, let's fish for people. 
come, I'm going to show you something. And immediately they're following. You would assume that there is some type of relationship, but just like these different cells types have evolved together over a tremendous amount of time since the humanity has evolved together to be able to work as this well-oiled machine together that the dna genetic coding has been passed person to person to person to person to make sure that we have this efficient machine to be able to do this jesus has gotten to the point where he is about 30 years old at this moment and is now going and talking to these people and come it is time it is time for us to do this mission and with this assumption of that we would assume that there has been some type of relationship that has been established beforehand with these brothers and Jesus. The immediacy of, of course, the call has come and I must go. The call has come, so I must go. I'm going to follow this person wherever they lead. Who knows what the relationship is? Maybe it's that Jesus being a carpenter has made these amazing boats and doing that has talked about There's so much greater things that I have to do and ideas. And maybe Jesus has done some of these different interactions with them, talking about these are the areas to fish. Who knows? And it's that reminder that we even are getting from Paul that things are changing now. After the death and resurrection of Christ, things have changed. So thus, what we knew and what we are moving into are different. And I think that plays really well into what we know today, that the world in which we have known in the past and the world that we are moving into is a constant thing of change and flux. No matter how difficult it is for us to wrap our heads around this, there's going to be some things like our memory B and T cells that when things come up that we can immediately recall to and immediately are able to snuff out before it's even an issue. But there's other times that we are going to have to call in the reserves because it's something new. It's a different challenge. And yes, there is some urgency to what we are doing. The urgency to be able to tack, to help preserve our body to the best of our ability, to take care of it. Because there is a mission that is needed, and that is to help keep the body safe so that we can do other things. I think about this in that we look at all these things and ways the body is trying to take care of itself, that we have these built-in precautionary systems, along with that there's multiple levels of protection. And I think a lot of times within our day-to-day lives with ourselves, I think we forget that with our relationship with others. I think we sometimes forget that with a relationship with God. I think there's times we forget that. And so then when we get these calls for immediate action, it feels too hard for us to do. Or it feels really heavy because there's a lot of other things going on. And I think that also means that maybe we need to be figuring out how do we take care of the skin so that the skin is as strong as it possibly can be. How do we make sure that the chemical signals within our body are functioning well? So that when something gets beyond the skin, the microphages and the neutrophils are plentiful and ready to go and ready to receive the signal to go and take care of things. Or how about the dendritic cells? Making sure that they are collecting samples to be able to communicate with some of the bigger targets, the 
helper T cells, the encouragers to make sure that the body keeps going even when it's hard or the B cells to bring out the heavy ammunition that this is what we need, but even they need encouragement. All of these working together flawlessly, being able to have a storage system so we don't have to keep reinventing the wheel per se. Do we have these types of systems for ourselves? Spiritually, do we have these types of systems? I think that's one of the things that maybe we need to look at. If we are talking about being followers of Jesus and being able to see that, take Jonah for instance, when we're not able to do the call or we see it as too difficult or we don't want to do it, how it's not necessarily great for us and for God. And instead, maybe we need to be thinking about and looking at this from the perspective of we need to be able to react quickly. So thus, we need to be prepared for that and be prepared that we're going to be constantly entering into this new world, which means this dependence and trust on God like we hear about in the psalm and this trust in that God is this ever-changing present that we're going to receive like we hear in 1 Corinthians. But we need to be able to react to when God is calling, even when that's hard. I think it's important details here to recognize that we have James and John leaving their father in the boat. You would think that's hard. It's a family business. They're working there with their dad. You would assume there's probably some understanding that this is what they're going to do. They're going to be fishermen for their life. And suddenly the call comes and a major shift happens. The neutrophils are flowing through the bloodstream, just hanging out. And then suddenly they get the call and they're all in, realizing that their life is short, but they have a very important job to do. Microphages realizing they're not the strongest cell in the body, but they have a very important to be those guard cells to trigger some of those inflammations so that they can try to keep gobbling these things up, to work together to figure out ways to slow down this intruder and not overlook them. I think as we are in this epiphany season, which is reminding us and helping us see the light of Christ and who Christ is, I think it's also meaning that we need to be looking at ourselves and how prepared are we? How prepared are we if we receive the call to go and do? I think that's the hard part of faith sometimes is realizing how prepared really are we? So the question I have for you this week is, how prepared are you for the call? How prepared are you for the call? And I think that's a hard question to answer in a lot of ways. Because in certain ways, we're probably prepared. I know for me, I have a vehicle that has snow stuff in the trunk of the car. So that I know if I have something happen where I need to help get someone out of a ditch, or I'm driving along and my car gets in the ditch, I have stuff that I can change into and I can be of help. It's all ready. It's right there. It's ready to go. I'm ready. But I also know for me, there's other times where I have trips that are coming up and I haven't prepared. I haven't gotten my stuff together for that yet. And these are just simple examples. This isn't even talking about spiritually. And I think that's the difference is recognizing that the spiritual calls sometimes are really difficult to prepare for. But yet we look at, we have a body that's ready and willing to respond quickly, as fast as it possibly can, getting those signals and going and doing, recognizing that that's its duty and its job. And Jesus pulled some heartstrings or 
hold on something within these disciples to immediately where they're realizing this is what I'm called to do. So I must go. And I think there is something about that, that in this 21st century life of ours, that we feel that we're constantly so busy that we don't leave space for the Holy Spirit to call, that I think allows us to rethink what this is really all about. I think if our body can respond quickly, I think there's times then we need to be willing and able to respond quickly ourselves to the call. And that means the second part of that being faith. And if you look at these different cells and how they're interacting together, recognizing and knowing the different roles that they have, but I think one of the most important is those T-cells. Recognizing that a major part of those T-cells is to encourage, to say you can keep doing this even when it's hard, even when they're tired, like the amazing coach that we've all had at different phases of life in some form or fashion. Immediacy is a hard word, but I think it's also recognizing that immediacy is something that is vital for what God does. And that also means that we have to be okay with not being consumed with ours to be able to hear where God is calling us next. No matter how difficult that may be, it might be something where a cell immediately going and serving you, can we not learn from the cells when we're hearing the call to immediately go and serve God? Because I think it's something that we can learn about and we can see from Jonah's example that it doesn't go well when we don't listen initially. So it's something that we need to continue to work on ourselves. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.